eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. 49ers Web Zone, No Huddle Podcast, part of the Odyssey Network. I'm Al, he's Brian, and the 49ers have been aggressive again at the trade deadline. And Brian, I think that's where I want to kick this off, is that we've seen this regime, when they think they have a good team, go out and make moves. Go to 2019, there were 6-0. Everything looks good, but... The offense wasn't totally clicking, especially the passing offense. They go out and they get a veteran in Emmanuel Sanders. And I don't think they make the Super Bowl without Emmanuel Sanders. He made a huge no, difference. You see them even small moves. Charles and Menehue they bring in. That at the time, I remember I laughed about it because they weren't, they weren't doing very well. And he ended up being a huge, huge contributor to the team. Mm-hmm. And last year, obviously, McCaffrey comes in and changes the whole dynamic of what they do. This season, we've talked about the defensive issues so far, whether it's scheme, Probably has a lot to do with it, whatever it is. But they they needed more help on the other side of Nick Bosa. They bring in Randy Gregory. We'll see how that goes. But they go out and they make, I think, a very low-risk trade to get Chase Young for the rest of this yeah. season, who's for a third-round pick that they will get back in a comp pick if he signs somewhere else next season. So it's a very good trade. It is low risk. You bring in a guy who will talk about his career a little bit, but someone who I think after the injury is on the upswing again now and can really make a difference on the other end of Bolsa. Yeah, Chase Young has more sacks than anybody else on the 49ers right now. Uh, he has, I believe, six, uh, which is, like I said, more than anyone. I think it's currently, five, I think. Or is it five? Uh, either way, if it's five or six, that's still more than anybody else on the San Francisco 49ers. And yeah, and, and I mean, you could almost argue it's a no-risk trade because they gave up a compensatory pick, uh, a compensatory third-round pick, which is essentially just a glorified fourth round pick for 
Chase Young, the former number two overall pick out of Ohio State. Uh, he gets to pair with his Ohio State teammate, Nick Bosa, who didn't get to play with Young all that much because uh, in the year that, that Bosa came out uh, in the draft, he had his, uh, uh, what was it, his sports hernia. And so he wasn't, uh, he, he didn't play much that season. And so uh, I know that they are excited to, to team up and, and, and play together again. And yeah, I mean, it's a compensatory third round pick that they got for, I mean, you could say they got it for D'Amico Ryans. You could say they got it for Rand Carthen. You could say they got it for Martin Mayhew, whatever, right? They got, they continue to get compensatory picks because they continue to, uh, really lean into that minority hiring uh, benefit, meaning that they are producing minority head coaches and minority GMs. And honestly, the, the, when the trade went down and, and I learned that it was a compensatory pick, I was like, listen, and, and it's been said, if Chase Young does well, even if he doesn't do well, and he leaves in the off season and signs a lucrative contract, which is probably pretty likely, they would recoup a, a compensatory third round pick for him. Uh, and so really it's, it's a no lose situation for the 49ers. And it, it blows my mind that there weren't other teams out there ready to give more than what the 49ers were ready to give for chase young, despite the injury history, despite all of that, a compensatory third round pick is peanuts. And it's, it's, it's just, they fleeced the Washington football team again because we have Trent Williams on this team who was acquired with a fifth round pick uh, in the 2020 draft. And I tweeted out that Martin Mayhew must have been wearing his for, uh, 49er shirt underneath his Washington Commanders polo because he absolutely helped his old team out significantly. And the Bears look even dumber by giving up their second round pick, which is a glorified first round pick because it will likely be in the thirties still Yep, for Montez sweat, who you could argue is more established than chase young, just because young had has missed a season because of his ACL injury uh, and, and doesn't have the injury risk, I guess that, that young holds, but the, the disparity in what, each team gave up is is wild and it also looks like the Seahawks made a bad deal by sending second and third round picks to the Giants for uh who was it Leonard, Leonard Williams. Williams right um and now granted they're not paying Leonard Williams uh the Giants are which is why the Seahawks included that second round pick the Giants essentially bought a second round pick but i think Chase Young makes uh, makes the 49ers defense better than Leonard Williams makes the Seahawks defense. And you've talked all off season and all season so far about the issues with, with the edge opposite Bosa. And they have addressed that in spades now with chase young and Randy Gregory. Uh, and then you also have Cleveland Farrell and Drake Jackson who, you know, I, I think Drake Jackson might find himself on the inactive list more games than not, but uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a big move, but it didn't cost them very much. They held on to their first, second, and third round picks in this draft. They still have, after trading this, I believe they still have eleven picks in the upcoming draft. So, uh, just a, a big time win for John Lynch and, and that front office. 
And if you're unfamiliar with Chase Young or didn't pay a lot of attention to him in Washington, so he's the number two overall pick. He comes in his rookie season. He has seven and a half sacks. He goes to the Pro Bowl. He wins Defensive Rookie of the Year. He had a, he had a terrific rookie season. Then 2021, first nine games, he only has a sack and a half, and then he tear, tears his ACL. And he played a few games last year, but he was just kind of getting his footing. He wasn't himself. So this was a big season for him, and he has come back, and he's had a much better season this year. And I went to school on him a little bit. From what I, I can tell, because, again, I'm not going to sit here and say to you that I watched – 100 snaps of Chase Young. I, you know, you got to go to school on these guys. Yeah. We cover the 49ers. I mean, I watch a ton of football, but I don't study the guy. Um, but he seems from all intents and purposes that he's on his way back, and it seems like he's back on the upswing, and he's in yes. hopefully a good spot here that will help him. If Steve Wilk doesn't have him doing somersaults over Eric Armstead and stunts <laughs> and, and yes. whatever else, he's yes. frog. If he actually just lets him pin his ears back and run the passer. Um he could be a guy who, again, is can thrive here like we've seen other defensive linemen. Now, he's got a 25% pressure win rate, which is 11, 11th in the, in the NFL for edge yeah. rushers. Yep. But to, by comparison, Bosa is 17th um, with 21%. And like you said, he, he has five sacks. Now, where I was curious, Brian, is, is this going to help the run defense? Because mm-hmm. Javon Hargrave's a hell of a pass rusher. He's not a great run defender. That's still an issue. So. He Young was actually terrific his rookie season and the years after in run defense. His pro football um, focus grade was 82.8 his rookie season, 84.5 his second year. He gets hurt, 73.9 in the, in the small sample size last year. But this year it's only 58.1. And, again, I don't know what the specifics are of that in Washington, but he has been good against the run in the past. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he can do that with the Niners right now. It's a very, very good trade. Again, like like we yes. said, it's not like they gave up. Even if it doesn't work out, they didn't really give up anything that, that you're worried about. Right. But he has right. so much talent. You have to think, again, if this defense can get back to doing what they do, it's going to be a big boon for them. And it's going to help them immensely to get back where they need to be in the second half of the season. Yeah, and and I think I think the run defense again. I I think the things that ail this defense right now are more scheme related than anything outside of missed tackles. That's unacceptable. The missed tackles have to be cleaned up. But I I've seen this team be a tremendous tackling team, so I'm not that worried about that. You know, I think they've had some down games, and 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 that's to be expected. But I, I think it's scheme it's scheme right now that really is the issue and and specifically with scheme it's it's the marriage of of coverage to pass rush uh and not only that but i think they're struggling in the run game because it's the marriage of the dbs and linebackers and their run fits versus this wide nine defense because if you think about it the, you know the 49ers run the wide nine which if you look at the way that their defensive linemen line up when it uh before before the snap the the defensive ends are out wider than the outside shoulder of the offensive tackles. And then the defensive tackles are actually shading the outside shoulder of the guard, meaning the shoulder next to the tackle. And so the inside shoulder of both guards and the center, there's no one there. There's no one there. And that's been their alignment since Chris Kasurik uh, came here. But they've always still been a good run defending team. And it's because... They have linebackers and defensive backs that understand the scheme and understand the run fits and can fill those 
and and keep the the gaps from from gashing them. And for whatever reason, that has not been the case this year. And then when it comes to coverage, again, it's it's just a it, there's like a disconnect. And it's weird because before the season, one of the things we talked about, or at least that I talked about, was I think it'll be interesting to get Steve Wilkes in here because Steve Wilkes is a DB coach. And so we've often said that, you know, the front seven for the 49ers is elite, but it's always been the coverage that has kind of lagged behind a little bit. And with a DB coach calling plays, maybe that will, maybe that will change. And so far it's been worse, which is weird. I don't, I just, I can't, I don't understand it. Um, I'm not, I'm not smart enough with the X's and O's to, to really even try and figure it out. I try and leave that to those that are smarter than me. And I've actually asked a couple, couple guys on Twitter that I follow that are, you know, kind of more uh, defensive minded. And one of those is Deontay Lee, who uh, writes for the athletic and, and has been on uh, the athletic football show with Robert Mays and Nate Tice a few times. Um, but I, uh, like I tweeted out to him and, and he replied and said, if he can get his hand on some hands on some film, he can try and figure out kind of where these, where these issues lie. But Akash, who Akash Anavarathan, who's been on the show before tweeted out a great photo from that Bengals game that showed Nick Bosa, who has beaten the left tackle and is feet away from, from Burrow. Yeah. Feet away from Burrow, but you can see Burrow stepping into the throw, and it's in and in the video, it's a, it's a completion, and I believe it's for a first down. But he took a still from that photo, and again, Bosa is feet away from from Burrow, but the defensive end opposite him, I think it was Randy Gregory, but I'm not positive because I couldn't see a number, is nowhere near Joe Burrow, and and that's kind of the issue right now is that Bosa is getting a lot of pressure on his own, but nobody else is when he is as well. And so that, that pocket is not collapsing. His side is collapsing, but the other side isn't. And so that's where I think Chase Young comes in, right? And not only that, then I think you should see Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead start to eat a little bit more when it comes to pass rush, because with Young and Bosa on the outside collapsing the pocket from the outside, that means that quarterbacks are going to have to step up and that's where Armstead and and Hargrave typically are. So is 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 the lack of pass rush scheme related? I think some of it is. Uh, I, I think I think Steve Steve Wilkes is calling too many games up front, too many stunts, too many twists, things like that. Mm-hmm. He's not letting these guys just do what they do, which is pin their ear back ears back and get after the quarterback. So I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to see less games up front. But those DNs opposite Bosa just haven't been getting it done, including Randy Gregory. So you bring in a guy that has so far this season, in fact, better than even your guy, Nick Bosa. And all of a sudden you you're, you're cooking with gas. So uh, I am really, uh, I'm really expecting to see this pass rush just, just ascend to another level in the second half of the season, which is going to help the coverage and just going to help this defense get back to what they do, what they do best. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, you mentioned Bosa for the top 20 in pass rush win rate. Bosa has the third highest double team percentage at 27%. Right, because there's no one else on the other side. But I don't want to use it as as an excuse because the top two in double team percentage are Miles Garrett and Micah Parsons, and they're also the Mm -hmm. top two in pass rush win rate. So, you know, again, they're paying him like one of those guys. You want to see that. But to your point, he doesn't have any help. He really hasn't yeah. had any help. So now you bring Young in there, and yeah, I think you're going to see Bosa get home a little bit more and maybe start to turn those pressures into sacks, which is what we've been mm-hmm. waiting for and what we're used to seeing from him. Now, to be fair with Chase Young, you got to take the good. We have to report the good and report the bad. So yeah. Mike Silver wrote with Young, according to several Washington coaches and other organizational sources, Young was viewed as an undisciplined player who developed bad habits such as deviating from assignments in an effort to make splash plays. His off-field priorities and commitment to his craft were often questioned and was viewed internally as a player who plateaued as a rookie. So that's a little worrisome. And John Lynch, I don't know if he responded to this, but he responded to questions about Young. And he said, people, mm-hmm. I really respect and highly of the young man. Um, I know there's some things coming out and they seemingly always do, but we're not worried about that. My parents, John and Kathy Lynch, taught me long ago, make your own judgment on people. You obviously have to talk to people who you respect. You have to do your homework. But I think highly of Chase, the people who I respect, who I've been been in the building, think highly of him. And he mentioned Nick Bosa went to bat for him as well. So you never know. It could be a situation. You have to judge people for what you see in front of your eyes. Washington was a a dumpster fire for a long Mm -hmm. time. Who knows what was going on with his recovery? If he was pissed about that, if he didn't agree with the direction of the team, who knows? What we have to make a judgment on right now is what we see for the next nine games with the 49ers. If he comes in and he's a fit and he changes things, well, we hope to God he can help this season. But if not, season's moving forward. Maybe they resign him. Maybe he's that big of a piece for them. We'll see. I'm not concerned as much with what happened in the past. I want to see what's going to happen in the future. We know he's talented. We know he's done it. We know he's stopped the run. We know he's rushed the passer. It seems like he's on his way back from this knee injury. Hopefully yeah. it's going to be a trade that that really energizes the team, similar to McCaffrey, similar to Sanders, and, and they can go a long way. And, and honestly, the cool thing is, is if he does play well and the 49ers are interested in retaining his services, they have the franchise tag available as well, mm-hmm. which is an opportunity to then give him a one-year deal to say, hey, we loved what we saw in those nine games. Let's do it again for another year, see how things go. And then if if they want to, they could sign him long-term if that was something that right. they wanted to do. You know, I, I don't anticipate that, but at the same time, I don't think you, you can write it off. And I think the other thing is, I think this team more than other teams, not, there are other teams out there, but this team specifically, when it comes to things like you just listed, some of the things that you, that, that some of the negative things coming out of Washington about him, I feel like those are, those are also like locker room issues that a a veteran laden team like the 49ers can handle in house and have no issues with. 
And not only that, but there's so many leaders on this team that, you know, young could, could lean on and learn from, including Nick Bosa, who he's close with. And, you know, I don't, I don't think Nick Bosa is a guy that suffers fools, just like Fred Warner isn't a guy that suffers fools. Eric Armstead isn't a guy that suffers fools and they will put players in their place. And if Mm -hmm. they feel like, you know, if they feel like he's not doing what he needs to be doing, they will let him know. I have no, I have no concerns about that. And, you know, I also don't think that again, Martin Mayhew, who was close with John Lynch, the GM of the commanders, you know, was one of Lynch's first hires, if not his first hire as an assistant GM. I don't think Martin Mayhew would be, would send a a player that, that wouldn't fit with San Francisco, uh, just knowing the relationship that those two have. So, and I would assume that when Lynch says people that I trust in that building, I imagine he's talking about Martin Mayhew. I mean, I don't know who else he would be talking about. Uh, and so that, that just gives me confidence as well that again, I don't think Mayhew would, would send a, a, a guy that, that would be a detriment to this team moving forward. So yeah, I'm not concerned about what's coming out. And, you know, I, I honestly was surprised once Montez sweat was traded to the bears, which was a surprise trade in and of itself. I was like, well, there's no way that they're going to trade young now because then they don't have any defensive ends, but, they also lost against the Eagles. There's really not a whole lot that they're playing for anymore. Uh, they didn't. They didn't uh, exercise his fifth year option, which is why you know Young is a free agent after the end of this year. So yeah. like, it makes sense. And you know, I, I, you would argue to to listen to what they said. Be like, well, why was he available for a third round comp pick? I, I understand that argument, but like I said, I just I don't buy into. I don't buy into the negatives and I just think that getting into this environment with this team, with the goals that they have, you know, the record that they have, the, the trajectory that they're on. I just think that he's going to come in and just, you know, do everything that he can to, to help this team get to the Super Bowl, which is what the goal is. Brian, you were mentioning too. So I want to get into the next seven games because I think it's it's kind of a gauntlet for the Niners. But you were talking about Shanahan made some comments about the team maybe being a little bit tired, which I actually didn't hear. Um, and when you, when you said it to me, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I want to react to that a little if, if he thinks the team maybe maybe needed this buy and it was a little bit of wear and tear on them. Yeah, so I believe it was on Tuesday. Uh, Shanahan in his press conference said that when you looked at the film, he saw a team that was – uh, w- that was tired and slow on film. And that's an interesting thing to say, because that's not something that you've ever really heard anybody, including Shanahan say about this team, especially on defense. It's one of the hallmarks. They're fast. They rally to the ball. They are, you know, they are uber athletic everywhere on the field and slow is just not a, uh, a term that you typically heard used to describe the 49ers. And it, it speaks to something that, you know, I think we talked a little bit about it when we were previewing the schedule, but prior to the season, uh, Warren Sharp, who runs Sharp Analytics, uh, he put out an article or, or he does this, uh, he does this analysis of, uh, rest when it comes to the schedule or the NFL schedule. And he calls it rest edge, meaning like which team has the edge when it comes to rest days. And, uh, when he analyzed the 49ers schedule, 
he said that the the 49ers have been negatively impacted the most due to their league worst rest edge, uh, simply meaning that the 49ers have 20 fewer rest days than their opponents. And, you know, we've already seen they played the Cleveland Browns coming off their bye, and they played the Cincinnati Bengals coming off their bye. And now they're going to play the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off their own bye, but the Jaguars are also coming off a bye. So there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a, a negligible, uh, there's, there's nothing there. There's, there's no gain there. Um, but they also will be facing the Arizona Cardinals in week 15 coming off their bye. And then they also have short weeks on top of that, right? So they played the Bengals coming off their bye, but they played the Vikings on Monday night. So the 49ers came off a short week and the Bengals came off their bye. And so, you know, I think, you know, they had the the trip to Pittsburgh to start the season and then they had the trip to Cleveland and then they had the trip to Minnesota, right? They've, they've gone, you know, they, they've had some long trips and they've got more trips coming up to the East Coast. And I was surprised that they didn't stay out like they normally do when they have like back-to-back East coast trips. Uh, I was surprised that they didn't stay out between Cleveland and Minnesota. Uh, That was something where I thought they'd stay, you know, maybe stay in Youngstown or whatever, like they've done in the past and they didn't. And so, you know, maybe that has had an effect, a a cumulative effect, if you will. And so I, I just think this buy is coming at the right time to get these guys rested, to get these guys healthy. Uh, There are, there are, I, I would say, uh, I guess, reinforcements on the way when you talk about the secondary with uh, Sammy Womack and Daryl Luter, who uh, both should be having their practice windows open pretty soon. They're both on short-term IR, which means they can, they can come back, right? And, and we were talking about needing corner depth in, in the trade market, and that didn't happen. But hopefully, again, they can get that uh, from Sammy Womack, from Daryl Luter, to either be able to push Lenore to the slot or be able to uh, push Oliver for that that position in the slot and also just to keep Ambry Thomas off the field. But it's it's an interesting and, and difficult schedule for the 49ers when it comes to rest. And a lot of that came in the first half. There's still some that is coming. You know, they're, they're going to face the uh, Seahawks off a of Seahawks mini-buy. Um, they're going to face... Uh, the Ravens on Christmas, which is a short week. Uh, and then right after they face the Ravens, uh, they have to travel to Washington, uh, on that short week. So there's, there's some, the rest discrepancies there as well. But I I think a lot of, I'm not going to say a lot. I think one of the things that you can look at when it comes to the, the performance by the defense over the last three weeks, you could look at and say, you know what, some of that could be some fatigue just from from the the early season schedule. Yeah, and this schedule, the next seven games anyways, a gauntlet. So David Pallas on Twitter sent me this. I, I, I did not think of this. So the Niners had gone on late season runs the past two years, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, well, they didn't even lose a game after, I guess, I guess, well, let's look at it from eight games on. Seven and two in 2021 and nine and oh from in 2022. But the strength of schedule in 2021 date, this is from David Pallas sent me this, and thank you, David, for sending this over to me. 493 strength of schedule in 2021, 415 in 2022. So they had an easy strength of schedule to go on mm-hmm. those runs. 
Mm -hmm. Now, the 49ers are a very talented team. Maybe they go on those runs anyway, but they yeah. had some easier games. This season, 565. Yeah. And it, it is a gauntlet. So they're going to start out off the bye against the 6-2 and two Jaguars team that they have mm -hmm. to go to Florida for. So, again, it's, yep. it is off the bye, but they're both coming off the bye. It's going to yep. be a very tough game. And then you go Buccaneers at home. Mm -hmm. But that's – I'm never going to be afraid of Baker Mayfield. I still feel like no. even if the Niners are playing shitty, they can win that game. Yeah. But then you have the Thanksgiving night game against Seattle. You're in yep. Seattle. Yep. Then you got to go to Philly the next yep. week. And I have a little bit of a mini buy because you have a Thursday night game, but you're still going to Philly. That is a gigantic game for a number yep. of reasons. Then you got the Seahawks again at home. You go to Arizona, play the Cardinals. That's not a huge trip. And then you have the Ravens again at home on Christmas mm -hmm. night at 8.15. I cannot wait yeah. for that game. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. That's a really tough stretch, Brian. Yep. And then after that, the big game against the Ravens, they got to go across the country on New Year's Eve to play the Commanders mm -hmm. in Washington. And then they finish out against a Rams team that who knows if they'll have anything to play for. But yeah. the 49ers, as we've seen in the past few weeks, the next seven games are going to be very difficult they don't clean yeah. things up very difficult yeah. now Debo said today on K Adams show that he's ready to go and he should be back in week 10 that's huge yes, yes. assume hopefully Trent Williams will be back too hopefully Tr Chase Young will help change this defense around and they're going to be the 49ers again hopefully Brock Purdy can play complete games and stop with with some of the mistakes that he's made yeah but that's a gauntlet man that is a really really tough schedule and I think with that even if they're playing really well five and two, right? I, I would yeah. say in that, that's tough. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Let's go through it. Do you want to go through it and see what we think right now? Yeah. What we're going to do? All right. Yeah. This is, all right. At the Jags coming coming off the bye. I, I know what the Jaguars record has been over their past 17 games. I believe it's something like 13 and four or something like that. And I know that they're six and two this year. I've watched a handful of Jags games. I have not been impressed by that so team. Ugly. I feel like oh, we so I feel ugly. like yeah, I feel like that six and two is I'm not gonna say it's a it's it's fraudulent like the Vikings were last year or even like the Giants were, uh, but I don't think it's as impressive as some other six and two records. And so I I I'm pretty confident in that game. Now, obviously, again, we've been confident. We were confident against Cleveland, we were confident mm -hmm. against Minnesota. Right. I understand all of that, but they're coming off this by they're rested. They're getting Debo back. I believe Trent will probably be back as well. They've added chase young. Like this will be a different team than the team that we saw against Cleveland, Minnesota and, and Cincinnati. And so based on all of that, I'm going to, I'm going to say that they, they come out with a victory in that game. Do you know who else really needs this by Dre Greenlaw? And we yes. talked about him kind of yes. setting the tone sometimes on defense, and he hasn't looked like himself. He's lately. fighting through it, yeah. And, and I think he's going to cut with him being healthy. Like you said, maybe it's been a tired team. Going to come back kind of flying around. And I think Steve Wilkes, at least I hope, 
with everything that's been said this week, Shanahan sounded like the angry parent. Steve Wilkes, I think, is going to go yeah. back to what they what they do. Yes, I think this team and, is taking a step no back and they're to be healthier. And I agree with you. Yeah, if they don't win this game, there are massive. I mean, yes, sixteen alarms, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really mm-hmm. bad at five and four. But I think they do win this game. And yeah. then going back home against the Buccaneers, I win. think the Niners are going to take care of business yeah. there. All right, but then Thanksgiving night, Brian. Yeah. Short week, you're at Seattle. I can't. For the second the year thing. in a row, by the way. Second year in a row. I, I week cannot, in Seattle. On a Thursday, yeah. I, I cannot. Yeah. I, know the, I know the Niners have played well against them. I just feel like I got to give this a split. I just, yeah. I have, at some point, Seattle's going to get it. I, ha- I have to give this game to Seattle. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have a problem with that. I, I think they split with Seattle as well. I, I also, you know, I don't think Seattle is as good as as their record. Um I don't think they're a bad team. I think they're a playoff team. You know, I think they're a playoff team like they were last year. Uh but if this defense gets back to playing like it has in the past, I think they can handle Geno Smith and that offense. Uh but it is a short week. It's Thanksgiving, it's in Seattle. I mean, that's really that Thursday night game is where I feel like Brock Purdy really cemented his status as QB one on this team, and maybe he could do it again. But but I'll be with you, and I'll say that one's a loss. All right, so we have him at seven and four, right? Yeah, yeah. Then you go at the Eagles. Here's yeah. the thing: I've been I've said for a while that I feel like the Niners are just going to come to this game with some extra juice. Mm-hmm. Seattle, or I'm sorry, the Eagles have a gauntlet of games coming up. Mm-hmm. But I cannot, based on what I've seen the last three weeks, pick the 49ers over the Eagles. The Eagles haven't played well either, and they yeah. still find ways to beat teams. They still are still putting up 30 points. They're just they're so good on the lines. Yes. I I I, I cannot, I cannot with this iteration of the 49ers pick them over the Eagles at this point. In, in a week or two, maybe I'll feel differently. But right yeah. now I I just can't. What I'm hard pressed to to pick the 49ers for is because the Eagles are a tremendous running team and the 49ers have been piss poor in run defense recently. And so I need to see a, a change there before I can be confident that they can go in and and win a game in Philadelphia uh, because Philly's going to Philly's going to do what they do, which is try and grind you down, grind the clock maintain an edge in time of possession and just kind of bleed you to death, right? It's it's almost like a boa, boa constrictor offense, right? Like they're just trying to suffocate you by just run after run after run after run, you know, and, and Jalen Hurts has not been as good this season as he was last season. Um, in fact, I think he has nine touchdowns and seven interceptions or something along those lines. It hasn't been great for him. And they, I think they would prefer to win games like they – like they have been, which is ugly with the run game. And so from what we've seen, I don't know that the 49ers can win that game because I think that Philly can run on them. But if we see in the next few weeks that they've got that run defense kind of figured out a little bit, that will give me more confidence. But as it stands right now, I I would chalk that up as a loss as well. And Brian, I was watching some, I like to watch Chase Chase Daniels and, um, JTO Sullivan, I like to watch their breakdowns mm-hmm. of QBs. And I was watching some mm-hmm. pretty stuff, which I'll talk about on a show coming up soon. But the Niners offensive line, especially in the interior, has been Sucks. getting worked. Yeah. Sucks. Some I, Jake Brendel a couple of times. I'm like, oh my God. 
that against yeah. what what Philly has with Jalen Carter and just what mm-hmm. what they do on the lines mm-hmm. really scares me right now. And, and even we talk about the 49ers, obviously the defensive line that's the trenches, but we talk about a lot of parts of the offense. But right now their offensive line is it going to get by against teams like the Cardinals and yeah, absolutely. But when you're getting against these really good fronts, it, it scares me. And it, I know yeah. it's different without Trent Williams there, but it was, yeah, dude. The Bengals I, were dropping eight and still getting home. Yeah. I I, yeah. I mean, it was, it was a little scary when you really sit down yeah. and look at it. But I, You know, and, and it's funny. Um, we are, uh, we're going to have Matt Barrows on next week, uh, beat writer for The Athletic. Uh, and yesterday, Matt was asking for uh, mailbag questions. And so I tweeted a question and he picked it and put it in his column, which was awesome. But uh, I asked him, I said, Spencer Burford has been just straight up abysmal this year. He's one of the worst offensive linemen in the NFL. uh, If you look at PFF grades. And so my question to Matt was with John Feliciano having to now fill in for Aaron Banks while he recovers from turf toe, has there been any indication that Feliciano could then slide into right guard once Banks is back? Because Spencer Burford is a liability right now, you know, on, on the field. And, and he said, you know, get, Basically, let's revisit this after the Tampa Bay game because that's probably Banks is probably going to miss the next two games and then, you know, see how Burford does does in those two games. But Feliciano has a ton of experience at right guard. I think he has over 50 games started there. And I I just I don't understand why he why he hasn't been uh, why he hasn't overtaken Burford already. And I think. Part of it is because he's the backup center, and if something happens to Brendel, then Feliciano is is uh you know is 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 the only backup. So that might be why. But at a certain point, you just got to be like, hey, Burford is is not it, and and he's the uh, he's the most penalized 49er, uh, along with Diamador Lenore, which is another issue in and of itself. So yeah, that interior of the offensive line is hot garbage right now, and. So if what yeah. we think is going to happen, scary. yeah, sorry. So if what we think is going to happen, happens, Niners are going to be seven and five with the match against the Seahawks. This will just be yeah. a gigantic game. Yeah. Again, I'm going to give them the split. Mm-hmm. Niners win here to get to eight and five. Yeah. Agreed. Then they're going to beat the Cardinals. I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. we're worried about that, mm-hmm. but then you play the Ravens. Yeah. So you're nine and five going into Christmas against the Ravens. Yeah. The Ravens are, uh, the Ravens are such a hard team to figure out right now. Like there are weeks where you're like, holy shit, this team is incredible. And then there are weeks where you're like, what team showed up today? Mm-hmm. And I don't like, how do you like, how do you forecast that far in advance? Which team would show up? I will say, I don't feel like they've traveled very well. Uh, and that's a cross country trip for them and it's Christmas and like, there's all sorts of things that go into it. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to predict. I'm going to give them a win just because they're the home team. Uh, but I think that's going to be a difficult game. I think it's a bad matchup for the Niners. Like you said, I think it depends on what Ravens team you get. Going to end up being a good matchup if they don't show up, but yeah. they can really run the ball. Lamar is going to get out of trouble. The defense is really good. Really mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. That game scares me again with the what I've seen the last three weeks. I cannot give them a sure. win there. May change, may change yeah. three weeks from now, but right now I can't. 
And then they finish the season at the Commanders, home to the Rams. We probably both feel good about those games, right? Yes. Yes. So you have 12 wins. I have 11. That's not a buy, probably any way you look at it. Probably not. No, no. That I think. I think we've. I, I think talk of the buy should already be done. I, I just. I. I just. They. They already ruined that opportunity in my eyes. Yeah, it's probably fair. These, we'll by see. losing these three games. We'll see. We'll see how Philly does with the gauntlet they have coming up, which starts with the sure. Cowboys this week, but. Detroit's the team. I know. I was saying, I was saying, it's not just it, Philly, though. It's not just Philly. It's Detroit. Yeah, I mean, we, as well. now they got their asses kicked against Baltimore, but you and I both did say we thought they were going to lose that game. Yeah, it's the schedule they have coming up now. They just have so many easy games. If they yep. stay healthy, yeah. they're going to cruise to twelve wins. Yeah, cruise. Which I'm actually I'm into that team. There's some teams yeah. that like. I really like Dan Campbell. I, I just he's just he loves his players, and he's just mm-hmm. he's just great for the league. So I'm into Detroit. Like I'm kind of obviously if the Niners ever got knocked out, they'd be the team in the NFC I, I was rooting for. But I like that they're winning games. I like that. Yeah. Um, we know the Bills are my team in the AFC. A team, another team I've been paying attention to, Brian, just because they have a certain quarterback <laughs> that the 49ers used to have is the um Las the Vegas Minnesota Raiders. Vikings with Nick Mullins. What oh, a sorry. shit show that team is. You <laughs> cannot sink your franchise faster. If you're looking to just destroy your franchise, hire Josh McDaniels. So he Wild. destroys destroys the Broncos. It was just a disaster. And then he goes to be the offensive coordinator at with the Rams. Go look up the season he was the offensive coordinator with the Rams. They averaged like awful. 13 points a game. Like they were awful. all-time bad with Sam Bradford mm-hmm. that year. Mm-hmm. They bring him back to New England. Tom Brady revives his career again. The Colts try to hire him. He like resigns via fax or says yeah. he's not going to take the job. When he had a staff yeah. picked out. Yep. One of the staff members, as bad as he's doing, was uh, Eberflus. Yeah. But he still was a good enough defensive coordinator that he got a head coach job. So, and yeah. he just left him and they end up hiring Frank Reich. And somebody yep. still hired him again to be yeah. a coach. And he's gone in a year and a half. Just an yeah. absolute train wreck. And if you watch that game on Monday night or whoever did, they couldn't do it. They just looked horrible. Horrible. And Jimmy Garoppolo, who I'm not rooting against Jimmy by any stretch of the imagination. No, but Brian, he was he was terrible, terrible, and he's been benched. Yes. And he, they can say he's been for, benched for play. He for probably has been, but also if he gets hurt this year, they owe him like eleven million dollars yeah. next year. Yeah, and I don't think they really yeah. want any part of that. But if you watch no. Garoppolo, he's got nine picks in six games. Mm-hmm. They've scored over eighteen points or seventeen points once, and that was twenty-one. And he just looks in the pocket. He looks scared. He looks like mm-hmm. even it's like a second and a half before he gets hit. He's ducking his shoulder and like, oh, yeah. man, I'm about to get hit. Yeah. Kind of feel for the guy, but he may be headed towards a career backup right now. Or out of the league by the time this this uh, contract is up or not even up, because I think they won't, you know, they they won't. Uh, I think they'll cut him before before next season. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You know, Mark Davis essentially came out and was like, I wanted to try something different. I wanted to try the Patriot way, which is why he brought Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels from the Patriots. And and I think I, I feel like I feel like th- this is the moment where we say mm, there isn't a Bill Belichick coaching tree. Like there is not. That's not a thing. There's that's not a thing. And you look at what's going on with the Patriots now, and you also look at it and go, no shade to Bill Belichick. He's still one of the best coaches of all time. But 
it seems pretty evident now that the reason the Patriots were the Patriots was because of the guy wearing 12 on the back of yep. his jersey and not really anybody else. And that's also evident by the fact that he went down to Tampa Bay and won himself another ring. So, you know, the conversation always stems from like, who's more important, the head coach or the quarterback. And I feel like that debate is largely moot at this point. Uh, again, you know, if you've got a guy like Tom Brady, that is more important than, than the coach, not that coaches can't ruin hall of famers like Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers, but, <laughs> but it is the quarterback and, and it's the marriage of quarterback and, and head coach that really can, drive a franchise into the stratosphere and you look at Brady and Belichick, you look at Reed and Mahomes, you know, you look at Walsh and Montana, right? It's, it's that marriage of the two. And I think Kyle Shanahan is still looking for that. And I don't know if Brock Purdy is it. I don't even know if Kyle Shanahan thinks Brock Purdy is it, mm -hmm. uh, but, but it is, it is, it is a marriage of the two. And it's just wild to me watching Jimmy Garoppolo play football right now that Kyle Shanahan got that guy to a Super Bowl and then another NFC championship game because it certainly looks like Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't know how to play football based on how he's played in in Vegas. And and the fact that he has now benched again for a mid-round quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, uh, is just testament to just what what a what a weird and interesting career. Uh, when Jimmy Garoppolo hangs him up, mm -hmm. uh, there are there are going to be that's going to be I don't know if there's going to be books, but there's going to be some articles like this is this this is the weirdest career that a quarterback has had in in a long time. Uh, but hey, good for Jimmy for fleecing the 49ers and the Vegas Raiders. And hey, maybe he is maybe he does take a backup job somewhere. You never know. But with looks like that, you know, I think I think he's going to he's going to end up the Jesse Palmer route and he'll be yeah. the bachelor in a few years. And, <laughs> and then he'll be hosting shows on the food network. <laughs> yeah. I said, I feel bad for him. I, I ever, I don't feel bad for anybody with like $200 million and yeah, like, no, like I don't feel, I, I don't, yeah. whatever. But anyway, Tom Brady's legacy, not that he needed any help, but maybe one of the worst head coaches in the history of the NFL, he got him three jobs. Mm -hmm. That's how good Tom Brady is. You got yeah. Josh McDaniels, three head coaching jobs at the end of the day. I, I mean, Crazy. you can't make it up. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> All right. Like Brian said, we got Matt Barrows on next week. We're looking forward to that. Um, bye week. feel like the Niners are going to get right. It's going to be a fun second half of the season. By the way, by the way. Everybody take a deep a, breath. Yeah, it's a bye week this week, but it's a big week for the 49ers because the Seahawks are playing – the, the Ravens at Ravens, the Ravens. Yeah. And the Eagles are playing Cowboys, the, the Cowboys. And so two results there that, that you want to keep your eye on as a 49ers fan. Absolutely. All right. Thanks everybody. Appreciate you for Brian. I'm Al. Later. Nine, zero, three. One, two, three. Nine, Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.